morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Let's stand to our feet and worship together.
so much that you have made a way for us to come to the throne room and to meet with you there. And that's really anywhere we go, Lord, we thank you so much that you are available to us at all times. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Father, thank you so much for your presence here this morning. Thank you, God, that we can sense you in a very real way. I pray, Lord, for those that may not have that personal relationship with you, Lord, that your spirit would speak in a way that there would just be simply no doubt. And Father, I pray that in, this, in these moments that we have, that we would keep our eyes fixed squarely on you, Jesus, so that our hearts would be open and we could hear what you have to say to us this morning. Once again, Lord, thank you so much that you're approachable, that you made a way for us through Jesus to come to you, God. We call you our perfect Father, our heavenly Father, and may we always look to you for our strength and the source of our joy. So we're going to give you all the honor and all the glory for everything that happens here today, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Wow, I got so caught up in that worship, I almost forgot that I needed to be up here. So anyway, welcome everybody. And uh, as you can see, we're beginning a new series today called Neighboring, and Buddy's going to talk to you about that today. And I uh, want to encourage you to check into Facebook right now. I'm telling you, it really does make a difference because we have had people say, I saw uh, Salem Fields Community Church for quite a while, and then I decided to show up. And uh, some people go online even. Say everybody say hey to everybody online. Hey. Yeah, there you go. That's a warm welcome. <laughs> so thank you for checking in or any social media platform that you have if you would check in there. And then if you're a first-time guest with us today, we're so thankful that you're here. Uh, you have to check us out a couple of times to kind of get what we're all about, but we have a little gift for you. We would love for you to stop by that table as you come in and out those front doors and uh, take that little gift. It's not a whole lot, but it does say, we're so thankful that you're here today. And there's a connection card in your program, and if you want to uh, communicate with us in any way, that is uh, one of the ways that you can do that, and you can find out more about Salem Fields in that way of communication as well. We're going to take our morning tithes and offering at the next song, and this is a variety of ways that you can give, and I always say I hope that you've discovered the joy of giving because you don't ever have to worry about money again. Did you, do you really believe that? <laughs> All right. Everybody, yeah, that's, that's awesome uh, because there are so many of you that really get that, and it's, it's so true, and that's when we give God the first of everything that we have. He provides every need that we will ever have. So thank you for doing that, and that'll be during the next song. We have a mentoring program, a partnership with Smith Station Elementary School. We've had a partnership with them for many, many years. We always said to them, you know what, we're not going to step over any lines that we shouldn't be in and uh, in, in the public schools, but what we want to be is a good partner, and we have been for years. And now our mentoring program is beginning again. And uh, Priscilla, you've been mentoring, haven't you? And what a joy I know that you have found in that 
And that's happening again from October. It's going to begin in October and it'll go till April. And it's your opportunity to make a difference in a child's life that may not otherwise have an adult that's really invested in them. And uh, I would encourage you to find out more about that. It's only once a week and of course you get breaks throughout the year. Uh, but uh, I would encourage you to do that. So if you would go to the kids check-in area, there's a little table there and there will be someone there that can explain a little bit more about that for you before you ever decide to, to sign up. You can get more information. Men's Advance is coming up in September. This is always a great way for men to get together. Now, I found it really funny. In the first service, I asked all the men to give me a good growl. Will you do that? One, two, three. Oh, see? <laughs> That's a good roar. I think you can do it even better. One, two, three. <laughs> see? You're much better than the nine o'clock. So, men, uh, when they do this men's advance, this is what they do. They get together and growl. I don't know. I've never been there. I do know, though, that they develop a great camaraderie with one another, and uh, they do all kinds of things like, I don't know, fishing, canoeing, whatever, but it's a great time. So I would encourage you men to uh, do that. We really need to be connected and belong, and this is an opportunity for you to do that with other men. There's a table out there, and it has a little thing there that says men's advance and you can go there and get more information now we've got another big announcement on uh, September 1st which is Labor Day weekend uh, we're doing things a little bit different we're not going to have a Saturday night service and we won't have a nine o'clock service but we're going to have one service in the morning at 11 o'clock and that's going to be our celebration service you know our celebration service where we have baptisms we have baby dedications we have uh, the evidence that God is working and moving at Salem Fields. It's an amazing service. And so we're going to have that at 11 o'clock on September 1st. And uh, just make a note of that. Come and be ready to really enjoy that service. If you know anyone that uh, wants to be baptized or anyone that wants to dedicate their babies or small children, uh, put that on your connection card and someone will get in contact with you or whomever that is that wants to do that. So we would encourage you just remember that and tell your friends about that because sure, I'm, I'm sure somebody will show up at nine o'clock or at Saturday night. <laughs> it never fails, but just one service that weekend. And then that night, we're going to have our, our community block party and fireworks. Yay. Has anybody been here when we did fireworks? We did it for years and years and they're always great. It's a huge display. It's not wimpy at all. And so it's a great, great time. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. Uh, tell your friends about that. And um, tell your neighbors about this series called Neighboring. We're going to continue to worship. After the baskets go by, you can stand up. Oh, yes. Yeah, I do. I, I can't even believe I forgot this. Teachers. <laughs> You've got a big week coming up, don't you? We want to celebrate teachers. See, that's, that's typical of what happens to teachers, isn't it? We forget about you. Teachers, would you stand up, please? See, they're shy, too. Now, don't sit back down. This is great. We've got, it's about half and half with men and, and women. We're so thankful for you, for all of you, and we know that your job is tough and at Salem Fields Community Church, we are going to be praying for you. Everybody else remember going through the school zones? 
Remember those little tags? I still have mine on my windshield. And it's time to be praying through those school zones. We want you to know that we support you. We care about you. We love you. I just forgot about you, just like everybody else does in your life. <laughs> but uh, that's on me. And I can promise you that I will be supporting you in prayer and praying for the safety in our schools. And that's really important. Let me pray for you now. Father, thank you so much for our teachers. God, it is so easy just to forget about the incredible calling that each one has on their lives. Because we know, Lord, that these teachers get up every day. Nobody has to make them do it. But you have placed that gift within them, that ability within them to influence and make a difference in the lives of so many young people. And Father, I thank you for each one. I know it's difficult, but I also know there's great re reward. And so I pray, Father, as they go into the workplace, into the schools and all of the different places that they go, Lord, I pray that they will take your spirit with them, that your presence will be so real in their lives that they'll sense you at all times. I pray, Lord, for all of the children that are represented by the, the teachers that are standing, those that are online. And I pray, Lord, that your hand of safety, your angels will surround them and protect them. Father, I pray that as a body of Christ here at Salem Fields Community Church, that we'll remember that schools are in, that there are teachers and administrators that need our support and our love and our prayer. And I pray, Father, that we will be the partners that you've called us to be in this endeavor to influence so many young people. Father, thank you. There are so many people that will say the person that was most important in my life was my teacher. And so, Father, we thank you so much for these that are standing, for those that are online. And, God, we just pray that you will continue to bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give them a hand one more time. Thank you, teachers. Thank you so much. Now we're going to continue to worship. There was a time that I swore I would never go back. I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I had I was running, I was searching But every place I turned for healing Made me more broken than the last Take me back to the place that feels like home To the people I can depend on To the faith that is in my bones Take me back to a preacher I wound up 
Now, if you didn't see your neighborhood on there, it wasn't intentional, okay? There's a lot of neighborhoods around here. <laughs> anyway, we're good to see y'all guys this morning. First day, I mean, the last day of school or summer break or whatever. Uh, teachers go back to school and parents get a break. So, anyway, we're glad that you're here this morning. There was an elderly woman who was amazed at how nice this woman was next door. Uh, how this young man was next door to her. And every day he would help her get the things out of her car and help her in the yard and do things around the house. And one day the old lady finally said, um, said to him, uh, young man, you're such a, a fine young man. And uh, he, she said, uh, how in the world did that happen in your life? And he said, well, when I was a boy, I had a drug problem. So the, uh, the lady was kind of shocked, and she said, oh, I don't believe that. And he said, yeah, the, it's true. My parents drugged me to church on Sunday morning. They drugged me to church on Sunday night, and they drugged me to church on Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, um, that's kind of what it is today. People uh, kind of feel like, or we kind of feel like got to drag people to church anymore. And, and, um, but, uh, you know, today we're starting a new series, Gay's already talked about, called Neighboring. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at how uh, we can impact our neighbors and our neighborhoods with the good news. But first, I wanted to give you just a brief history on Salem Fields, because uh, many of you have only been here a short time or, or not really have ever heard the uh, history of the church. But in 19, uh, we came here, Gay and I and Jody and Christian, we came to Fredericksburg in 1995. And uh, at that time, we were called... Uh, Fredericksburg First Church of the Nazarene, uh, and uh, that's a lot. On, that's a lot to put on stationery. And uh, God uh, gave us uh, in 1996 a, vi a vision to go forward by faith. And uh, we were just talking about that this morning. I found a, an old envelope with that uh, logo on there, and uh, and uh, so we were called to go forward by faith in in spiritual growth, in worship, in ministry to others, and in facilities. Now, I just wanted to, you know, just kind of talk about that for a moment. Uh, you know, we were called to go forward by faith and spiritual growth. It was during our prayer time that just felt like that God was going to do something significant at Salem Fields Community Church. But where we were at as individuals and as a church spiritually, that we had to grow up spiritually if God was going to be able to do in our lives what he wanted to do in our lives. And another area that God had called us to go forward by faith was in the area of worship. <clears throat> At that time, our worship was uh, pretty traditional. Uh, it was what everybody else was doing. And <clears throat> to top that off, our worship person, our worship leader, was only doing it because no one else would do it. But quite honestly, she wasn't that good at it. And, um, and that's no slam on her, but that wasn't her spiritual gift. And uh, the other uh, area was ministry to others. At that time at Salem Fields Community Church, there was nothing going on at that church at that time that did anything to impact our community. Everything that we were doing was all about us. There was no outreach. There was no, uh, there was no reason that anybody would ever have to come to that church because we did nothing that seemed to be inviting. 
And it was like the Lord was kind of speaking and saying, if we were to do those things, if we were to grow up spiritually, if we were to change the way we did church, not just worship, but worship was part of that, the way we did church, and uh, if we would start reaching out to others, then we would need a facility. The facility was 4,000 square feet. We had six acres of land. It's, at, it's where the old Grace Church is at. Over by, I mean, where the Grace Church is at, where we, our old, that old building there uh, is where we started out. It, we used to say we're the church behind BJ's. And our hope and prayer was that one day they would say, you know, BJ's is in front of that church. Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, Lord, behold, we did grow. We did have to grow. And we came here on uh, Gordon Road in 1999 or so and opened this first building. And um, because we certainly uh, had outgrown the building there and outgrown the six acres. And so we went, and, and believe me, we went forward by faith in that little old building. We completely changed the way we did church. Uh, we, uh, from the way we dressed, uh, you know, when I came, I wore a suit and a tie every week and, and uh, Gay would dress up and people kind of dressed up for church. And uh, uh, we did, every, we changed uh, just about everything about church, about uh, the methodology of doing church. We never changed the message but we changed our methodology. Uh, Gay completely changed our Sunday morning worship experience. Uh, we had outreaches. Uh, we began to do outreach to our community and serving our community. We changed the way we interacted with our community uh, to reach people that were unreached uh, by any other church or mostly by Christ. Uh, and the reality is, and I think this to be true, we were the first church in Fredericksburg in 1996 that, uh, that uh, radically did church different than had ever been done before. I, I don't think there was a church in this area that was doing church the way that we felt that God was leading us to do church. You know, because we'd drive through the community and uh, be church after church where you'd see ba banners up at many churches advertising a traditional service and a contemporary service. I could never understand why they do the contemporary service at 8.30 and the traditional service at, uh, at 11 o'clock because traditional people would come to church at 8.30 if you had it there at 8.30. And uh, to get people up that don't go to church at 8.30 would seem kind of weird, but that's, you know, that's the way it was. But, uh, you know, churches here and around the United States came here to see how we did church. We had churches from all over the United States that would come here and see what we were doing and see how we were doing it. We were growing about 300 people, uh, three or 400 people a year. Uh, and it was just unheard of. And, um, and so people would come and they would uh, talk to us. Many local churches that are doing what they're doing now came here to see what we were doing. Uh, and uh, I mean, I know that because I had conversations uh, with, their, with the pastors. <clears throat> we did things so different that other churches in Fredericksburg would call us to complain at, that we were defaming the name of Jesus. I can remember one Sunday we were having NASCAR Sunday. We had a big old NASCAR car sitting out front and had the radio station here. And it seemed like every person in Fredericksburg was here. And, uh, and, and uh, so I got a, in the middle of it, uh, I got a phone call and they came and got me and I came and answered the phone. It was a pastor at another church. And I mean, he lit me up and told me how awful it was what we were doing and on and on and on and on and that uh, we were defaming the name of Jesus and that we were destroying the church in Fredericksburg, meaning the church 
you know, in Fredericksburg, all the churches. And, um, and uh, so, uh, you know, I got tired of it, got a little aggravated. And finally, he said, I got aggravated when he said this. He said, the next thing I know, Britney Spears will be up on stage dancing and singing there. And, of course, Kieseltown came out in me a little bit. And I just said to him, you know what? If Britney Spears will come and she'll sing and dance on our stage and it'll reach people, we'll have Britney Spears come to church. <laughs> and, you know, and I said, you know, that's all we need to talk about. And anyway, uh, a couple weeks later, I went to the mailbox and I had a cassette tape in my uh, mail, in the mail game I had, that was called, the title was The Babylonian 500. And the pastor that had called me sent the, he had preached a message called The Babylonian 500, and you will never believe, I wish I still could find that cassette, I don't know where I get a cassette player to play it, but uh, how he just tore Salem Fields Community Church to threads to his people, and his people were cheering, and, uh, and it broke our hearts. It just broke our hearts to know that our motive, our only motive at Salem Fields has ever been is to reach people who didn't know Jesus. And so in 1999, as I said, we moved from Heatherstone Drive to here. We have 77 acres. God blessed us. And uh, there was nothing here when we came. This was an old farm, and you had to open a gate to get on the property, and there was nothing across the street, nothing. And there's a whole story that goes with that. And uh, we built the, this building by faith. We built this first building, which is this, this area right here. As you go out these doors and through what, where it used to be the outside doors was the building we built. And uh, we opened that, and then in 2007, we built the existing uh, building uh, that's out where the cafe's at and all that area there. And uh, we moved our child care from this area over to that area. And, um, but we believe and still believe that God placed this church here on this hill uh, to impact every neighborhood within six miles of this place and uh, with the hope of Jesus. And you know what? God hasn't changed his mind and uh, nor has he changed our vision. We still exist to know Jesus and to share real hope with anyone, anywhere. In other words, we're still called to go forward by faith to reach people. We still believe that God wants us to be uh, open to what he wants us to do to reach people today, which is much different than what we did to reach people in 1996. We did a survey of the community. We went around door to door in 1996 and we asked people why they didn't go to church. And that's a scary thing. You knock on the door and hope they don't come uh, to the door. And, uh, but if they said they went to church somewhere, uh, we would tell them, encourage them to go to their church. But that if they didn't, we just wanted to know why. And they gave us the reasons. You know, reasons like they didn't like to dress up or they didn't have a suit. See, back then people thought they had to wear a tie and a suit to come to church. It was just all kinds of reasons. So what we did was created this church to answer, uh, to, to um, uh, uh, let, so people would know that when they came here that those things were taken care of. They didn't have to deal with wearing a tie. They didn't have to deal with the things that they said. But you know, not one person said they didn't believe in God. There was those roadblocks to church and we tore down all those blocks, the roadblocks that kept people from coming. But I can say, it doesn't work any longer. You know, what people are not, you know, every church does what we do now. Every church uh, is like Salem Fields in the style and methodology. And so for 15 years or so, Salem Fields uh, had an incredible impact on this community. 
and many lives have been transformed. You know, just uh, in 2010, in 2011, we had a, uh, the Church of the Nazarene did a survey and they sent it to us of the 2010 census and 11,000 people in the Fredericksburg area claimed Salem Fields Community Church as their church. And, you know, I, we've never had 11,000 here uh, in church, but uh, many lives have been transformed because of the faithfulness of the people uh, to the vision of this church. And so here we are today, and a lot has changed over the 25 years that we've been here. The question that motivated me for this message, uh, we weren't even planning to start this series, and we were in staff meeting and just felt that we needed to start this series because of the things that are coming up, and, uh, and we came up with the title and all that. Uh, uh, the question that motivated this message was this. If God created the church to transform the world, why isn't the church having that kind of impact? God created the church to impact the world. And if God created the church to transform the world, why isn't the church, today's church, having that kind of impact? Well, you can say, you know, this church and that church is growing, but I can tell you what we're into today is sheep swapping. We're not having an impact on people that don't go to church. But people are, what people are doing is they go from one church to the next, they're church shopping, trying to find the church that best meets their needs and best meets the, the, the needs of their children, what they like the very best. And what we do as churches, we just swap people. And we call that church growth. But I can tell you that we're not having an impact on this community of people that don't go to church anywhere. You know, there, there are people that have left Salem Fields uh, and left other churches because they don't like the style, they don't like the song, they don't like the lights, and all, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And so... That's how we consider church growth today. That's only my opinion and my thoughts. You see, and also from studies. But that's what I want us to look at today. What can we do at Salem Fields Community Church to once again impact and transform our world in this new culture that we're living in? And why? You see, because the stakes are huge. Our neighbors' lives are at stake here. Your children's lives are at stake here. Our grandchildren's lives are at stake because they're not connecting with the church today. You see, but there is a huge reward. Years ago, Bill Hybels made a statement in his book, Courageous Leadership, that had an impact on me, had a huge impact on me. He said, I believe that only one power exists on this sorry planet that can transform the human part, uh, heart. It's the power of the love of Jesus Christ. The love that conquers sin and wipes out shame and heals wounds and reconciles enemies and patches broken dreams and ultimately changes the world one life at a time. And, and what grips my heart, he says, every day is the knowledge that the radical message of that transforming love has been given to the church. It's been given to the church. The church is not this building or this location or this vision. The church is you and I. And he goes on to say, that means in a very real way, the future of the world rests in the hands of the local church, local congregations like yours and mine. It's the church, he said, or it's lights out. Without church so filled with the power of God that they can't help but spill goodness and peace and love and joy into the world, depravity will win the day. 
and evil will flood the world. Where do you think we're at? Depravity will win the day and evil will flood the world. But, the, but it does not, he said, have to be that way. Strong, growing communities of faith can turn the tide of history. He said they can. Don't bother looking elsewhere. The church is it. And he says the church is the hope of the world. And that still exists today, folks. You and I, the church, we are the hope of the world or don't bother looking anywhere else to government or anything else to change our world. You see, what Heibel said has been done before. You look at the early church, when the church first began in Acts, they completely impacted the world in a short amount of time. As a matter of fact, the beginning of Acts records 8,000 conversions within a span of weeks or months, and probably that number is more like 10 to 15,000 because that number was just the men. It didn't count the women and children that were converted. So does that mean, since that's not happening so much today, does that mean the church is no longer relevant, uh, relevant in today's culture? With the shape of our country, I would have to conclude that in its current state, it is no longer relevant. In its current state, it is no longer relevant. Over the past few days, I've been thinking seriously about the future of Salem Fields Community Church. Because no matter where Gay and I are at in life, and no matter how long we'll be here or not be here, the future of this church means so very, very much to us. And what happens in the days ahead means so very much. I can't even tell you in words. You see, we are living in times like never before in the history of humankind. And the church must respond differently to humanity's deepest needs if we're going to impact our community, our neighborhoods. We need to bring the church to a new place of relevancy. You see, Gay, who has a handle on the day's culture today, has been working hard with, with us and as a staff to do just that. And, and the staff as a staff, we're all starting to get it. But it's critical today. It's critical that you, if Salem Fields Community Church is your church, and you're not just a casual attender, but this is your church, and you're committed to this church, and you support this church financially, and you support this church because this is your church, and you serve, and you believe in what God is doing here. And I don't know how many of you do, but if you do, it is critical that you and I understand where we're at today as a church. It's critical that we understand just how important each of us are in this process of where the church is at today and the future of this church. And I'm talking specifically about Salem Fields Community Church, but it affects every church. Because the number of churches that close each year is nearly three times the number that open. The percentage of people who do not attend church in America is at an all-time high. And at the same time, secularism is on the rise. As the influence of the church has declined, so has the rise of hatred and violence that's displayed in our nightly news or on our news app every day of our lives. And we're called to transform the world and make a difference. 
I pray this message stirs our hearts to the point that we will be doing, we will be willing to do whatever it takes personally to push back the darkness of this world. We cannot look to law, we cannot look to government, we cannot look to anything to change our world but the creator of this world through his son Jesus Christ. And that is the only way that we're going to turn back the tide of hatred and violence that's in America today. If any other way was able to do it, then it would be done. It's the church that God placed in this world to make a difference in the darkness of the world. And if we're relevant, why aren't we making that kind of difference? You see, our kids and grandkids' spiritual future hangs in the balance of the church. As you know, we live in a digitally connected culture, and that's nothing new, which only has increased isolation and loneliness, which impacts us and our neighborhoods. So how can Salem Field still impact this disconnected, isolated, lonely generation and show them that God's plan for people is to be in fellowship with other of God's people, living in a faith community together with others. That's God's plan for mankind. How can we, how can we connect with that? We believe it's by neighboring. It's by neighboring. What is neighboring? Neighboring is this, and we made this up. <laughs> getting out of this building and going out into the streets of your neighborhood. Getting out of this building, getting out of this building. I don't mean sell this building, it's a tool, but getting out of this building and going out into the streets of our neighborhood, of your neighborhood, of my neighborhood. I believe neighboring is what Jesus called us to do in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, 39 when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And then, and then again in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when he gave this command, I'm using the NIV, but in the King James, it says, I command you, Jesus came, and the Bible in the NIV says, and Jesus came and said to them, so it's a command, it's not an option. If we're believers, it's a command, it's not a suggestion. I'll do that if you feel like doing that. He says, he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You, so in light of what Jesus said, how do we do neighboring? How do we do neighboring? We do it first by going. We do it first by going. You see, Jesus didn't say bring them. He didn't say bring them to church, which we've been doing for ever since however long. He said go. He said go and make disciples of all nations. And I would say he said to Salem Fields, go and make disciples of all nations and all neighborhoods within six miles of this building. And there's a lot of them. And that includes the neighborhood you live in. You see, we live in a day and time when people without a background in going to church are, going to, are not going to come to church. So we need to go. We need to go. Which means we're going to have to go outside this building if we are going to have an impact on this generation. For many years, the church, the church's focus was on how to get people to come here. 
And that's been our focus for the last however long we've been here. Our focus has been to get people to come to church. And they're not coming to church, at least here. So God, I believe, is calling us to go. Get out of this comfortable building, get off these comfortable seats, and go. Go outside this building. You see, for so many years we're focusing on how to get people here, but now we got to focus on what Jesus said when he said go. Neighboring is going to our neighborhoods. So what do we do when we go? Well, we meet people where they are. We meet people where they are. I got to tell you, this message might go a little long today. I don't know. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to keep those other thoughts at check. But in a generation, unless it's the Holy Spirit, in a generation that was not raised to go to church, going to church is a foreign concept. There are people that are growing up today that have never been to church in their life because their parents never took them to church. Church is irrelevant. They don't even know the purpose of the church. All they know of the church is what we don't stand for and what we don't believe in. They don't know that it's a place of hope and love. At least it should be. You see, they, going to church to them is a foreign con concept that may seem like more trouble than it's worth. And I think for believers today, it's become more trouble than it's worth to go to church. So how do we impact their lives where they are? We do that by building relationships and demonstrating God's love before people are going to consider accepting our invitation to church. And we can do that by meeting people where they are. Now, what do you mean by that? Like your favorite coffee shop. Like your favorite coffee shop. I'm going to wait just a minute. Because what I got to say is important, and I don't want your focus to go anywhere else. Focus? Okay. Like your favorite coffee shop or your restaurant that you go to regularly. You see, neighboring is understanding that we are not there just to drink coffee. Neighboring is understanding we didn't stop there because we had to send an email and they have free Wi-Fi at the local coffee shop at the favorite place, that we don't go uh, to eat, we don't go to a, a restaurant just to eat lunch or dinner and, you know, to find the finest place that we can go to eat and get the best steak and, and just, you know, it's about all about us. But if we could understand that neighboring is that we're there to build relationships with the staff because we all have our favorite hangouts, our favorite restaurants, our favorite coffee shops. And if we can begin to say, I'm not just here because I like their coffee or I like their Wi-Fi or I like their steak or I like whatever they have, but we're there to build relationships with the staff, to build relationships with the people that are regulars that, that you see when you go there. And it's beginning to have uh, uh, conversations with them that may eventually impact their lives. You know, uh, I don't know if y'all remember Nate or not, Nate. Uh, spoke last year at our men's advance. He's been here. And we went out to eat with Nate not too long ago up in Leesburg. And we're at this joint Mexican place. And it's loud. And the waitress comes. And she brings our drinks. And, and Nate looks up at her. And he says to her, he says, I don't know what her name was. I'll say Debbie. He knew her name because she told us. 
And he called her by name and he said, Debbie, in just a few moments, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for our food. How can we pray for you? And I got to tell you, she started telling her, man, my kids. Would you pray for my kids? I'm a single mom. Would you pray for, for me? And we, Nate said, we sure will. And she walked off and we, we prayed. And when she came back at the end, she brought her checks. Nate said to her, said, you know what, Debbie, we prayed for you. The look on her face, I'll never forget how much that meant to her. See, Nate understood that we weren't just in that restaurant to eat Mexican food, but we were in that restaurant to impact people. And if we can begin to understand those places that we go, those places that we hang out are places that we can go there to impact the people that work there. You see, neighboring is getting involved with other parents on your kid's sports team. You're not there just to make superstars out of your kids. That may happen, but you're there, and neighboring means I'm there so I can impact those parents with the good news of Jesus Christ and the way that I interact with them, and the way I treat them, and the way I respect their kids. And I, I'm not in competition with that other uh, kid because he may be a little better swimmer or a little better baseball player, and we're not there to tell the coach how lousy a job he's doing, but we're there because I was a baseball coach, and I got told many times how stupid I was by parents. And I thought, well, you're right some ways. But that's not why we're there. Oh, yeah, that, that's the, maybe the benefit of your child becoming a, a you know, a, a good sports player and all that. And, but but we're, as, you're, as you're there, make friends with other parents. Learn about their lives, their joys, their struggles. And maybe over time, maybe over time, you'll be able to invite them to fireworks or movie night or, or fishing derbies or any or other outreaches. You know, uh, Pastor Jason and, and uh, Jody, they got this down. They understand that at their swim meets. And they have more people come to church uh, from their swim meets. And Jason's even had devotionals at the swim meets. After he gets to know neighbors, he invites them. And they, uh, they have their swim team coming here for a banquet. And, and, and they understand that. And we can do the same thing. If we just learn to meet people where they're at. You know, get involved with other people who have the same interest as you do. Now, all of you know Pastor Chris. And Pastor Chris runs about 15 or 20 miles a day. I mean, uh, I mean, everything's not connecting up here, but she does run. Uh, anybody that runs that far, you know, we need to get them a little help. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just kidding. What, 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 I, what I'm saying is she has taken her running, and she now has a running club of people, other people in Fredericksburg that run because Chris understands what neighboring means. She understands that she's not just running to be in shape or she's not just running because she's mentally displaced a bit, but she is running because she's connecting with people. That's part of the reason. She had a little write-up in the paper the other day talking about that. And I know you have things that you're interested in. And remember, when you do that, you're not there just to do whatever you're there for, but you're there to be a neighbor. Use this building as a third space. Now, I heard it called this now, that the church building is being called the third space. 
It's not the primary space anymore. It's the third space. And, and when we built this building, I can remember we stood in front, I stood in front of the board of supervisors who they were upset because we wouldn't be paying taxes. And, and, and they said, How, how's this going to benefit the community? And I said, well, I named the ways. And I said, and matter of fact, this, we, we plan to allow people in the community to use the building anytime they want. And the county, believe me, they've used it. We built it as a community building, a community center for the community. We committed to allowing that. And I propose to you today that this building and property to use it as a third space. Well, what's that mean? Invite your neighborhood to use this building for their community meetings. You know, they're, they're looking for space. We have Salem Fields that meets here, Nye River meets here and, and for their community meetings. You know, you can, uh, you can, uh, they can use it for their sports team banquets some of the high schools do, or for birthday parties, or weddings, or funerals, or for classes, or, or whatever, and you can, whatever. It's been used for lots of different things. It provides us with a, another way for people to get more familiar with this place and rub shoulders with people who love Jesus. You see, it will also help them to feel more at home at this, in this building. Also, as a third space, this facility is a great place to invite people to our outreach events before you invite them to church. And, and, and when they're here, we can show them the love of Christ through our kindness and our hospitality. Things like the neighborhood block party. I mean, the, the movie nights. I saw more people at the movie nights that I've never seen in my life than I saw people that I knew. Very effective. And I believe there will be people that come to church because of movie night and because you invited people to movie night. You know, the things like the neighborhood block party and fireworks on September 1st or the comedy weekend that you don't even know about that's planned in September. It's another way to get people on our property and in our building so if and when they may come, they will be familiar with the place and feel welcome to come back. There was a few years ago, and I probably have said this before, but there was a lady out in the foyer, and I'm out there, and I said to her, I said, oh, it's nice to have you here. I think, is this your first time here? She said, no, I've been here a lot. She said, I've been here for fireworks. I've been here for trunk and treat. I've been here, blah, 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 blah. And she said, but I've never been here on a Sunday. But she still thought this was her church and that she'd been here. It's another way. Now I've got a little commercial break. Because I know y'all need a little break, so don't buy to get up and get a drink or anything. But, but last week, and even I heard in here today when we announced the fireworks, there was some applause in here. And it seemed like people were excited about the fireworks. And Gay and I are really excited about the fireworks. Now, if you were one of them and really believe in the purpose of this event, you know, we clap and we think, wow, my church is doing fireworks for me. Well, not only for you, but more for our community. There will be 10 to 15,000 people at our fireworks. We get more people say, are y'all going to do those fireworks this year than any other event that we do here? And this year we stepped out in faith and said, you know what? This will be our last fireworks. Let's do fireworks. And we're doing fireworks. But I hope you understand that the purpose of this event is to reach people. You see, and we really need your help. And you can see the fireworks while you're helping. We need people that will volunteer to help us pull this event off. It's a huge event. 
And you can go out. Jason's got a table set up out there and got the big screen there. Jason always goes over the top. He's got fireworks going off on the screen. You can stop there and talk to him, and you can sign up and get help, help to pull that off. And secondly, we need help to pay for it. And you know where that money's coming from? Out of our pockets. And so we need people that would commit, y'all didn't get very excited about that, where we can commit, that would commit to help pay for the fireworks. I'm not talking about, now your tithes and offerings. I don't want you to pay for the fireworks out of your tithes and offerings. I don't want you to say, okay, well I'll just take the $10 or the $100 or the $500 that I give and I'll just designate that for fireworks. That will kill us. Because we need the offering to do the ministry that we're called to do here. We need the tithes and offerings. We get no government funding. You realize that, right? Everything that we have here comes because of faithful people who give of their tithes and their offering through your giving, even if you don't tithe the 10%. Everything that comes in, we try to be good stewards. If you take that money and you designate it for fireworks, we had a $10,000 electric bill that came in that will make it more difficult for us to pay a $10,000 electric bill. I hope it soon cools down because gas is cheaper than electricity. We need to pay for this event. It costs a lot of money, about $8,000. May not seem a lot to you, but... So, I'm asking you today, and some of you can do this, I need, we need someone to give an extra $1,000 today above and beyond your tithes and offering. You have not because you ask not. And I asked God, and he told me to ask y'all. <laughs> not really <laughs> or maybe there's somebody here that can give 500 today or $100 or $50 or $25 or a dollar every dollar will help but we need some significant help with this event to pay for this event now here's a little deal now this is just a little deal that's kind of fun but kind of a little deal if you give $100 or more we will reserve front row seats for you to watch the fireworks now that's a deal. If you give $5,000, we'll let you light them. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's a little joke. <laughs> but anyway, Gay and I are giving two, we're going to give $200 so we can get reserved seating. You know, and we want to be right up front. If you've never been right up front where the fireworks fall down your neck and burn a little bit, you've never been to fireworks. <laughs> Anyway, we need your help. You can mark that on your, connect, or on your giving or you put on your connection card. I will give $1,000 or whatever, a dollar. Anyway, next, pray for your neighborhood. We all know that prayer is powerful. But how about walking your neighborhood on purpose and praying for each household? You say, buddy, have you seen my neighborhood? We'll do it two or three, four times till you walk the whole neighborhood and do it over again. You see, while that sounds huge, prayer walking can be a great way not only to cover your neighborhood with God's power and presence, it will strengthen your faith. It will grow your faith. At the same time, uh, uh, you'll get your steps in. You know, I, I see people out here walking around the building and, or walking up and down the lobby when it's raining. I say, what in the world are you doing? Getting my steps in. And I say, okay. Uh, but take a walk in your neighborhood and stop for a moment at each home and ask God to meet the need of that house. We have no idea what's going on in that home. No idea. There is so much turmoil and chaos and hurt and pain. Just pray for that, that home. 
You know, pray that God would bring them into a relationship with him if they're not already. And to, and, and to enable you and our church or some church to have a chance to show them the love and forgiveness of Jesus. Next, serve your neighborhood. The saying, people don't care about care how much you know until they know how much you care is really true. Actions speak louder than our words. A good question to ask yourselves is what are we doing to make a difference in our neighborhood? It doesn't have to be huge or complicated. You know, I'm not doing anything much in my neighborhood. Wave at people. And, you know, some people wave, some don't wave back. But, but maybe you could serve on your homeowners association board. Or you could help out your community swim team when, if you have a pool where they do those swim meets. Or you could host a block party in your neighborhood. We did three of those back in the summer and they were hugely successful. Or pick up trash. Or take a plate of cookies to a new person. I didn't say bake a plate, I said take a plate of cookies from Weiss or somewhere to a new person in your neighborhood. Maybe you could walk around your neighborhood on the snowy day and shovel the driveways of elderly people or those who are disabled and not able to do that. And you have suggestions. You know things you could do. Just keep your ears and your eyes and ears open to the ways you can serve your neighborhood. Next, be the arms of Jesus. Be the arms of Jesus. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I'd like to meet Jesus in the flesh. I just wish I could have a face-to-face -face meeting with Jesus, especially when my life stinks. Wouldn't you just like to have Jesus come down and show up in person and just wrap his big old loving arms around you and tell you how much he loves you and tell you how much everything's going to be okay, that I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you, and just hug you and tell you that, tell you how special you are, how good you are, and how much he loves you? Well, I believe Jesus does show up with arms to wrap around the lonely, the brokenhearted, the hurting, the sick, those struggling with addictions, those who need a helping hand, those who need someone to listen, those who are grieving, and maybe even to dance with those who are celebrating. You know, when Jesus does show up in your neighborhood, he looks just like you. He looks just like you. Invite. Not like this. Hey, I'm Johnny. And I'm Chachi. And today we want to show you how to invite someone to church. Okay, here we are at Mission Control. We have our equipment. We have cameras over there and over there. And these are going to be real people Chachi's talking to, right? Yeah, real neighbors that I'm going to invite to church. All right, here we go. Okay, here comes an older gentleman. Do you see him? Yeah. Okay, who's that? That's Kenneth. He's a real hoot. Okay, this is a great opportunity for you to highlight how your church is primarily under 40 and how you lack the experience and wisdom that can come from someone older and wiser. Okay? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let me do a sound check. Great. Okay, go, go, go. Showtime. Oh, hey, Kenneth. Can I ask you a question? It's Carl. Yeah, that, that's what I thought it was. I was going to ask you to come to church with me sometime because there's no one like you at my church. I mean, not even remotely. It was fine. It was more your delivery. It sounded, you said it in a negative way. Yeah, I okay. messed that one up. Sorry, Johnny. No, it's okay. Let's just try again. Okay, there, there's another guy. Who's that? Yeah, that's Samuel. 
He's a businessman in the neighborhood, and he's working way too many hours. Okay, well, that's an opportunity to meet Samuel where he's at, okay? Chachi, when you speak to him, make sure he knows that church is like an oasis compared to the daily grind of the office. Okay, it's nothing like work. Nothing like work. You got it? Yeah, I got it. I okay. got it. I'm ready. Sound check. Okay, I'm Sound out of here. Good. Go, go, go. Oh, hey, Samuel. Beautiful day. Hey, man. I was wondering if sometime you wanted to visit my church with me. What time do you owe me? It's not your business. It sounded like you said it's none of your business. Well, I meant to say it's not like your business. It, it didn't sound like that. I felt like you got it. I didn't think this was difficult. Well, give me one more chance. Let's do one more. Okay. Hey, Johnny, Johnny. That's my next-door neighbor, Cam, and her three kids. They love me. This will be a great one. Okay. Well, your church does have a great kids program. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's do this. Okay, tell them that basically they're going to learn godly principles and that they'll get lost in all the fun. Okay, kids, lost, fun. Got it. Okay, all right. You want to check my mic one more time? It's great. Ow. Okay, be right back. How y'all doing? Good to see you. Good to see Hi, you. Hi, Cam. Man, he is getting really, really big. I thought I'd come by and invite you guys to church sometime. Would you kids like that? Yeah. Church? Yeah. You, you should come to church with me sometime if you ever want to see your kids again. Go. I mean, it's because you get lost in all the fun. Good, good talk. Talk to you later. People are not familiar with church. They're not familiar with Christianity. Uh, may view church services more like a club meeting. They may not realize they're welcome to stop in any Saturday or Sunday for service or to worship on our online campus. And that's a good way to introduce people to the church is introduce them to salemfields.com slash live. And, uh, uh, you know, churches to people are like country clubs to me. You know, I ride by a country club, and it says country club. And I look in there, man, the greens look good, and fairways look all mowed. They've got them cross mows, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know what that's called. I've tried to do my yard that way. But anyway, I say, man, I'd love to play golf there. That's a nice-looking golf course. And I got a sense that people ride by this building and say, man, I'd love to go there. I'd love to check that out, but I'm not a member. That's why we built Rubicon. We thought maybe people would stop in. And then they'd rub shoulders with people that love Jesus, and they'd find out that a church meets here. It might take more than one invite. Studies show that it takes up to seven invites or impressions for people to finally come. But you know what? It's not about coming, really inviting them to come. What's really about important is to invite people from your neighborhood into a relationship with Jesus. You see, here's why neighboring is so important. You see, one encounter with Jesus, one encounter with Jesus is all it takes to impact and transform a person's life. Just read through the New Testament, all the one-time meetings that Jesus had with people, and it transformed their lives. And you and I are the hands and the feet of Jesus in our neighborhood. And one, one encounter with Jesus is all it takes to impact and transform a person's life. It gives us hope 
It gives hope to the hopeless, and it restores the broken, and it heals the hurting. A simple invite has the power to lead people to an encounter with Jesus that changes everything. It changes everything. As followers of Jesus, we've been given the honor of playing a crucial role in sharing the good news with our neighborhood, inviting others to experience the saving love of God. And when we practice neighboring with the people in our neighborhood, we will see amazing things happen in their lives, in their family, and in our neighborhoods. So I'm asking you today if you'll make a commitment to go into your community, to go into your neighborhood, your school, your workplace, your hangout, and meet people right where they are, listening to their stories of hurt and pain and joy praying for and serving them and being the arms of Jesus and ultimately inviting them to meet Jesus. I believe when we're willing and committed to neighboring, Salem Fields will have an incredible transforming impact on the world whether they show up here or not. If you'll make that commitment today, I want to invite you during this final worship song to come forward and allow us to pray for you. You know what? This is probably the most significant message I've preached in a long, long time. This is serious business. So don't wait and say, yeah, I'll think about it. If God's tugging at your heart to do neighboring in your neighborhood or where you hang out or where you work, during this final worship song, I want to ask you to come at some point during that song and allow us to pray for you. It's serious. Now is the time. Today is the day. For us as a church to rise, to rise up and carry hope and let love shine and show our neighborhood that mercy is alive. Okay? Okay? Let's worship and you come. Let's stand together. We are changed. The world is waiting for God love the world is desperate for we will take to the street now's the time for us to rise carry hope let love shine show this world
you to come back to the altar because I want to pray for you. So no, y'all don't listen to instructions very well. <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming back. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and grace. Thank you, Father, for the message. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the church, Lord, that you created to impact our world. And fathers, I looked around this morning at the folks that are here and those that stepped up to the front today, God, and I believe there are those that are even in their chairs today that are committed to impacting this community, God, that are, that are committed to impacting their neighborhood. And so, Father, I pray right now that the power of the Holy Spirit would fall fresh in you upon each one that is standing before me today, Lord. And God, that you would give us the boldness and the courage and, uh, and the energy uh, Father, in the time, we'd make the time, uh, God, to, uh, to do neighboring. That, God, we would, we would just start focusing on others and their great need to know you, Lord. And, Father, I just pray today that you would empower each one. I pray, dear God, that your Holy Spirit would just help us not to forget this, that this won't be an emotional moment in our lives, Lord. And I'm praying for me, Lord, that it won't just be in an emotional time, it won't just be another message, but it'll begin to be a reality that we live out, that we will be about neighboring. And God, that you would transform one neighborhood at a time, Lord, because we believe if we can transform one neighbor, one neighborhood, one, Lord, then we would uh, impact and transform one community and one state and our nation and eventually we would impact our world, Lord. And Father, you promised us and we're counting on it that you would be with us when we step out. You would be with us. You said you'd be with us wherever we go. So Father, I pray today that this would be something, God, that would make a difference at Salem Fields Community Church. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, it's time to hit the streets, okay, in the neighborhood. Hey, I want to say one more thing. The last Sunday of this month, Gay is speaking, is called Hello Neighbor. And maybe you'll have an opportunity to invite a neighbor to come with you that day. Who knows? Don't press it, but if you're in a position where you might be able to invite a neighbor, we'll call it Neighbor Day or something. Bring a person with you. God bless you. <laughs>